Thank you for taking time to listen to this sermon from Hope Church Toronto North. It is our prayer that through this message, you are challenged and encouraged by the Word of God and grow in your love for God and love for others. It is God's desire for us to be members of and regularly participate in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you are not attending a local church right now, we encourage you to take that step. If you do live in the North York area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to visit us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings to discern if this is the church God is leading you to. So there's a study that says on average, humans make 35,000 decisions on a daily basis. And if you're like me, you're already breaking down the math in your head. Or you're pulling out your calculator and you're typing in the numbers and figuring out what the breakdown is. To save you the trouble, here's the math. If you're awake for 15 hours, which is typical, right? Waking up around 7 a.m., going to bed around 10 p.m., we make 2,333 decisions every hour. So you're probably now understanding why we go to bed so tired, right? 35,000 decisions made every single day. With that magnitude of decisions, big or small, simple or complex, we need to make sure we are inviting godly wisdom into the space of decision-making in our lives. If you're here last week, we heard Marv preach and say in his sermon, because God cares about us, he gives us direction in life. Because God cares about us, he gives us direction in life. He wants us to live the right way. And that was coming from Nehemiah 9. As one of your elders, it is my desire that we as a church would live rightly, not only for our sake and our personal faith, but also to the witness for the non-believers in our lives. So let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we love you and give you praise. Thank you so much for bringing us here safely to worship you and commit to growing our faith together. I pray your word today would transform our lives and that we would be bold and wise in our faith. I pray that our hearts would be open to what you have prepared through your servant. We ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen. So in worship, there were so many truths that remind us of who God is. Right? He cares about us. He goes before us. He makes the way for us. He gives us direction in life. And today's title sermon is a simple guide to major life decisions. And we all know that we make major life decisions. And in these decisions, he wants us to live rightly. So where do we begin? We begin with wisdom. So in preparing this sermon, I have found two definitions of wisdom that I like to draw out. This can be found in God's conversation with Solomon. So uh, you don't have to turn to this scripture. Um, I'll, I'll read it out loud here. It's 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 7 through 9. So I'm reading in the 
CB, CSB version. So Lord my God, this is, this is uh, Solomon talking. You have now made your servant king in my father David's place. Yet I am just a youth with no experience in leadership. Your servant is among your people you have chosen and a people too many to be numbered and counted. So give your servant, Solomon, a receptive heart to judge your people and to discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? In verse nine, we see here that receptive can be interpreted as a hearing or perceiving heart. Maybe in your verse, in your translation, Solomon asked for an understanding mind. So in essence, Solomon is saying, I want the ability to perceive things the way that you see it. Right? There's a song that says, let my heart break for what breaks yours. This is what Solomon is asking about. So our first definition of wisdom is, wisdom is the ability to perceive things the way God sees it. Not the way I see it, not the way that the world sees it, but the way that God sees it, because he designed it. Secondly, Solomon says to discern between good and evil. He wants the ability to know the right path from the wrong path. I really like what Tim Keller says about wisdom. As he puts it in one of his sermons, he says, wisdom is knowing how to navigate the realities of life when the rules don't help. Wisdom is knowing how to navigate the realities of life when the rules don't help. Because to be honest with you, right? There are some rules and you're like, that was not helpful. That was not helpful at all. That actually makes it maybe a little bit more confusing for me. And then especially when the answer is not clear because it's, all, it, it's not always clear. So take for example, the person you are to marry. God doesn't say, hey, that person right there, right? Or what job to take, or what financial decision to make, or even where to live, what home to purchase. Scripture doesn't clearly lay out every detail to the decisions you should make. However, wisdom is knowing what decision to make in these situations. So let's go back to our guy Solomon in 1 Kings. So as we, as we study Kings, we find ourselves coming to a place where two prostitutes with a baby approach King Solomon, fighting over who the mother is. Solomon draws out a sword and says, I know how to figure out who the baby belongs to. And all of a sudden, right, the real mother steps in and says, no, please save the life of the baby. Give it to her. And we find out who the mother is while the other one just sets aside. What a spectacle, right? What if we were a fly on the wall? We are like, oh my gosh, what's gonna happen? So it actually does record in scripture what Israel's response was. In verse 28, it says, Israel was in awe because they saw that he had wisdom from God. He, meaning Solomon, to administer justice. It wasn't common sense to do what Solomon did. 
And more likely, Solomon had no rule book for this situation as king. This was an act of godly wisdom on display. Now that we've established the two definitions of godly wisdom, so perceiving things the way that God sees it, and discerning the difference between right and wrong when things are not clearly laid out, let's turn to the actual passage of scripture today, which is Proverbs chapter three, verses five through eight. I've given you guys a little bit of time to get there. But this is a a passage of scripture that is very well known to us, right? Uh, Many of you guys probably could even quote it right now. It says, trust in the Lord, verse five, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Here's our first point. As we established earlier that there are 35,000 decisions that are made on a daily basis, wisdom tells us we need to trust in him and embrace humility. What does trust look like? First and foremost, it's having a posture of humility. The phrase lean on your own understanding highlights the prideful person. The do not highlights the humble person, the person who actually puts their reliance on God. The prideful person is the person who's convinced they can navigate life without God's help. They think they know what's best, and this can be a dangerous place to be in. Just consider Adam and Eve. In the garden, they didn't trust the Lord. They didn't trust the goodness that he had placed in the garden. They trusted in themselves, and so what did they do? They bought Satan's lie. They'd, they'd rather be living a life without depending on God, and that didn't turn out so well for them, and we're still living in the effects of that decision. Scripture teaches us that we don't want to be the prideful person. We want to be people who trust in the Lord. Trusting the Lord means coming to him humbly and surrendering to him, submitting to him, and asking for his help when we are faced with everyday complex decisions, major choices, and situations we can't handle on our own. So, practically speaking, in my life, when we came to Canada in 2019 to open our Chick-fil-A, we had to trust the Lord. First and foremost, I had not stepped into uh, a day in Canada, the country of Canada, until um, it was decided. I was like, hey, you know what? Let's pursue this opportunity. So my first uh, week in Canada was, happened to be the coldest week of the year. Um, and we were walking around uh, barely with our GPSs working because we didn't have international data uh, on our phone, trying to figure out like where to live, um, what neighborhoods um, would, be, would be nice to kind of settle down in. And we had to trust the Lord because we really did not know how to open up an international business. We were familiar with the domestic model of Chick-fil-A, but we didn't know what it would look like. We didn't know the labor laws and things like that. And these are things that we can learn. On the flip side, had we relied on that understanding of, hey, I've never been to Canada. I don't know what it's like to open up a business. You know, how do I even be a good boss to my employees? 
we wouldn't be here today. Had I relied on my own understanding, we probably would not be here today. Why? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? We started looking at properties to rent at $800 and quickly realized that was probably just gonna give us a really big bathroom in someone's basement. <laughs> Right, And then we started looking at you know, groceries, and then we saw a gas station, and it said 143 dot something. And I was like, surely gas cannot be $143 per gallon here. Right? I had not done the conversion. And so nowadays, we spend hundreds of dollars, and we're barely even able to fill up half of our refrigerator. And so it's often confusing and unclear as to what we should be doing. And then, you know, I was like, whatever happened to the $2.50 pack of Oreos, right? That used to be a thing. I saw recently like Food Basics just three years ago, and they were doing like two for five packs of Oreos, and now you can't even get a pack for more than $6. I'm like, what's going on? So leaning on ourselves causes us to think rationally. And oftentimes, walking in God's direction isn't rational at all. It's irrational. I know many of you guys are doing irrational things to stay committed to this church. Whether it's driving from Brampton or Ajax or all the other things in between. There are closer churches there are more convenient options for you. But your trust in God continues to keep you plugged in to a church that is still growing, that is still feeling like a church plant that we started in 2019. And for your trust in God, hear this, I'm grateful. It encourages my faith. So thank you for that. And I know there are other stories out there while we may not see it, or your neighbors may not see it, know that God does, and God is pleased with your trust in him. So wisdom tells us not only should we trust in the Lord and die to self, right, forget self-reliance, we should also acknowledge him in all things. Verse six, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make, your, make straight your paths. Verse six reveals to us two parts. There's a required action on our part and a required action from God. Did you catch it? Let's look at the verse again. In all your ways, here's our action, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. God will make straight our paths when we acknowledge him. Acknowledge here means to know the Lord. It's in, it's in the word. How do you get to know the Lord? How do you get to know God? The same way you build trust with him and with others, right? Oftentimes, we, we face trust issues in our, in our relationships. Well, trust is built on spending time with others. So in spending time with God, you will get to know his character, his nature. We sing about it today. His commands, his promises. When we know what God is like, when we know what pleases God, when we know how God wants us to live, 
It aids our decision-making process. When we get to know the Lord, he tells us how to live. And not only that, we can rest in knowing that he will do his part as our guide. Let's keep going. In case you missed verses five and six, Solomon repeats itself. He says, be not wise in your own eyes. That's the same as saying, do not lean on your own understanding. Submit to humility. He says, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Fearing the Lord means trusting and acknowledging him. Turning away from evil is essentially the same as God will make our paths straight. Solomon is drawing out the importance of trust, humility, and knowing God for good reason. It's not easy, right? It's not easy oftentimes to trust God in every decision that we make, in every circumstance that we're faced with. I remember when this first verse was introduced to me and it was made out to be something that was easy and straightforward, right? You're in a transition season of life and someone's like, trust in the Lord, right? With all your heart, it's gonna be okay. Did that change how you felt in that moment? No, no, right? And so, but the reality is there will be days where God's, by God's strength, we're crushing it. We are feeling like we are trusting in the Lord in the decisions that we're making. We are relying on him and not committing to relying on ourselves. And we are growing in his, in knowledge of him. And then there's gonna be days where we fall off the horse. We fall off the chariot, right? Just like Solomon did. And we get into this rut of trusting in ourselves, knowing what's best, and not trusting in God. So it's more, this dichotomy is more about like being on a seesaw, right? You're going back and forth versus doing it perfectly every day. We will have times where we try to be wise in our own eyes. We will, like I mentioned earlier, fall off the chariot just like Solomon did. In his old age, 1 Kings tells us, he let his wives turn his heart away from the Lord. He had lived a long life being a pretty good judge for his kingdom, right? Even other folks were coming in and saying like, what are you doing? How are you doing this? How are you getting this? And it was through God's wisdom. But in his old age, he let his wives turn his heart. So he's not the perfect example of wisdom in truth, right? We often think, oh, let's turn to what Solomon said in the scriptures and learn from his wisdom. But he's not the perfect example. But praise God, we do have a perfect example of what wisdom is like, right? Forget Solomon. Jesus is the wisest man who's ever lived. Jesus is wisdom. The life and teachings of Jesus Christ are the ultimate source of the points emphasized here through Solomon in Proverbs 3 and throughout the rest of uh, the book. Good thing is, when we fall off that chariot and you guys have felt it, we've sung about it, we can turn to him for help and forgiveness. And he will grant it to us because he is a good God. And when we do this, we are doing what verse seven says. 
Let's go back to it. We are turning away from evil because we are declaring that we're not God. Instead, we're saying we need the help of God. In this passage throughout Proverbs and all of scripture, we are reminded of the benefits to applying wisdom, trust, and humility into our lives. Let's look at verse eight. Verse seven and verse eight typically are the verses that we cut out, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean out on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths, period, right? I'd like to add verse seven and eight. And then in verse eight, it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. So wisdom, trust, humility, these all have healthy implications in our lives and in our faith. Verse verse eight says, it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. It's kind of weird language here, right? But think about it this way. Our flesh is healed because our pride is being killed every day in our lives. Our flesh is being healed because our pride is being killed in our lives. Our bones are being refreshed because stress and anxiety is replaced with peace and trust. This text shows us that God cares about us. This text also shows us that God is involved and wants to be involved in our lives. This text shows us God can help us, and he does help his people. What we are called to do is sit under his wisdom, to trust in the Lord, embrace humility, or a different way of looking at that is renouncing self-reliance. Where's your reliance? And know him. This is a constant thing we must do, just like that seesaw, not just a one-time thing. So in closing, I'd like to ask, where are we at? Where do we need to trust him more? Where in your life and even in my own life do we need to fully rely on him? Right, society is filled today with some of the smartest people in the world that oftentimes discourages us even to have to rely on God at this point, right? We're sending people to the moon, right? We're doing things that society has never been done before. Cancers are being cured. Treatment options are extending the lives of people. Healthier diets are allowing people to live longer. But are we relying on that? Or are we relying on something that is eternal, everlasting? What daily disciplines do you need to dial in in order to know him more? You know, I'll be open. I was telling Drew, I was telling Pastor Marv. Like every time I preach, it reveals to me my lack of understanding of scriptures and my lack of commitment to reading scriptures. And how much more do I need to do that every single day? Not only to help me in my walk, but also to be a blessing to others. So let's close in prayer.
Our God, thank you so much for caring for us. Thank you for giving us direction in life, especially when it's confusing. Let us trust that your direction in life is better than any other direction that we can receive from others. I pray that we would be humble enough to rely fully on you and not on ourselves, that we would trust in you with all of our heart. God, lead us by your still waters and guide us in the everyday decisions that we make. We give you glory and honor. It's in your name we pray. Amen. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit hopetorontonorth.com.